0: January the 9th, 2024, and let us gather together and experience the goodness of God. I'm Pastor Trey Comstock. We'll begin with our scripture of the week, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and a piece by me entitled, Celestial New Beginning. Then, Pastor Emily and I will talk scripture, and more specifically, what it means to see the Magi as people. But first, a reading from Matthew chapter 2. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. For my youth, I trained to watch the stars. The elders told me that the stars contained infinite mysteries in their shifting positions, that one could unlock the secrets of our world through careful and diligent observation. I believed them then, And I still do. However, they left out the part where not much ever changes. Night after night. Month after month. Year after year. You do see changes. The same changes. We watch an endless cycle play out again and again. You watch in case something changes. But in my experience, it doesn't. Why did I listen to the elders? I rose from my rest at sunset, prepared for another night of the same. I trekked up the hill of observation, checked my scrolls, sharpened my quill, refilled my inkpot. As the sun sank below the horizon, I saw my brethren doing the same. The nightly dance moved with its predictable rhythm. With the last gasp of sunlight, our eyes turned skyward, as if in unison, quills of the ready to do our duty. Muscle memory took over, freeing my mind to wander. I had made so many similar observations that my eye and my hand took the notes. I pondered deeper things. The coming morning meal, whether my betrothed would be working in her family's shop as I walked past, the growing hole in my formal cloak that I was running out of options to hide. I finished a notation and briefly zoned back into proceedings. I looked at my work and, for the thousandth time, chided myself for not paying attention. I had accidentally added a heavenly body that didn't exist. No star that bright existed in that part of the sky. I pondered how to correct the error without the chief magi noticing. Usually my errors were minor, slightly wrong angles or a mislabeling or two. A new star right in the middle of my notations proved harder to cover up. Just as I decided to stage a mishap involving the nearby torch, I noticed something else. The nightly dance had stopped dead. No one sat on their stools. No one held their quills. Our generations-long silent reverie shattered by joyous singing. I too looked again at the sky. I too rose from my stool. I too dropped my quill. I too rushed over to dance and sing with my brothers. I hadn't made a mistake. A new star had joined the pantheon of the sky, opening up a whole new world of possibility. That day, no one slept. We barely left the hill. We waited with anticipation for sunset and another view of the star. As the sun took its nightly rest, another shout of joy escaped our lips. Not only did the new star rise again, it had moved. All stars move, but in predictable, regular increments and directions. We know them well, too well. This one had moved ten times that amount and in a peculiar direction. The next night, we saw the same thing. The new star, a huge shift across the sky, heading away from the other stars. What could it mean? After a week of the new star and its extraordinary progress, our joy and excitement had not decreased, but a new idea had taken hold. We should follow the star. One of the more learned brethren who had not slept through his lessons on our texts declared that this kind of star moving in this kind of way could only mean a divine king had been born. We must go and pay that king homage, wherever he may be. Immediately, we began to prepare an expedition to follow the star and seek the king. The elders began seeking volunteers to make the journey. It could be long and dangerous. No one knew where it would lead. Our attendants filled carts with gifts and supplies. The volunteers began saying goodbye to their loved ones, not knowing when or if they'd return. A new thought crept into my head. I should go and seek the king. I'd never had a feeling like this. Normally I sought to do the least work possible and still get to call myself a magi. I pushed it from my mind. The swirling excitement had caught up with me. I tended the send-off blessing for the volunteers with everyone else. We prayed for their safety. We waved incense over every inch of them, their carts, their supplies, and their gifts. At the conclusion of the service, as they bravely set forth, the chief magi turned to me and said, You should get going, or they will leave you behind. I looked at him puzzled, since when did he read minds? I know what has been in your heart. You should listen to it. I did. Surprise, joy, and excitement rushed into me. I took off running to catch up with the expedition to seek a newly born divine king. So as you heard in the piece, I I took this whole thing in a I'll admit in a, a far more like artistic direction. I when I preached the sermon on it, I it went a more expected direction of hey um, this let's think about that we are Gentiles and so that Epiphany is a big deal for us because we are Gentiles and so how this is the precursor of hey we get in. In the piece (laughs) it was you know we get because this is you know Greek literature and this is, they had very different understandings of character development. A lot of times we end up without that, like what are the, you know, the emotional life. You get a little, actually, you know, Matthew gives you more of it than you'd think because you get this like rush of joy when they come in the room. So I thought about like what the, this kind of classic in character you know, it was I was a theater major. Um in character <laughs> development you think about the moment before, right? I uh,
1: I like it when you do this, when you could because you did this for uh the Parting of the Red Sea did, as yes. well. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. really did help me as I was listening to your piece kind of delve into that mentality of the you know, get to get in character, to dive yeah. into the mentality of the Magi to see you know what it was they might have been feeling or thinking or anticipating or you know just really it helps drive it home for those of us who were not theater majors um who have not had practice getting into character that way but to have just a new perspective yeah. from their just, point of view just this
0: is like f- when you are preparing a scene that the audience hasn't seen before you have to know like what was my character doing right before what was their, what emotional state are they bringing into the room why are they in that emotional state right for matthew you just have the magi arrive they arrive with Herod which is and then you get you know the biblical authors actually you know each of them i i make fun of mark and this is a, a mark year and so we're, there's going to be a lot of mark over the next 12 months And, and I make fun of Mark because Mark gives us less, but, but Mark is, you know, the Ernest Hemingway of biblical authors, very short sentences, (laughs) uh, say a lot with a little. Um, Very brief, yes. But, but Matthew gives you some, some emotional meat. But I, I found myself wondering what got, what was it like to leave? What was it like to see this star? Because only like only they show up. So clearly they were specifically moved. I worked really hard to not have there be three. Right? There was no I <laughs> they, very they spe-
1: plural, not three. Yeah,
0: it's all plural. <laughs> it's volunteers plural, not three. There are no camels it's, either.
1: It's it's a beautiful Christmas carol, but it has yeah. definitely skewed people's perspective on yeah. the Magi into and, and, and and kings and into three.
0: To, you know, anytime, like, this is, there is really elaborate post-biblical tradition. That's It's not just that song, right? You know? Right. They, ha- you know, in Catholic tradition, they have names. Melchior, they have names. Melchior, Balth- Balthazar, and Caspar which are great. uh, They're great names. Somebody should name their
1: kid that. That should be a research. They're uh, bringing back all the old names. I have- Melchior should be one.
0: I wrote a a drama a few years back now um, that set the whole nativity story in uh, 1940s, like hard-boiled detective story, uh, where I rolled all of the magi up into a detective character that I named Melchior B. (laughs) Caspar. which was just it's just fabulous like and i i you know because i write these things then i get to 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 pick the character and so i played melchior b caspar and i'll tell you like i really that's a great name for a character there are not enough (laughs) three-year-olds named melchior
1: (laughs) like you're listening to this podcast and choosing your future children's name consider (laughs) melchior b caspar
0: You're going to run into some hooked-on phonics problems because I can't tell you how to spell Melchior, much less can a (laughs) three-year-old spell Melchior. But Caspar is probably pretty, you know. That's at least, you know, we have enough trouble with our biblical names. Uh, The H in Esther is just real hard. Like, my son was... uh, It was Esther's birthday on Sunday. And uh, my epiphany baby. um, And... Like he was like to Esther and even he left out the H and I'm like, There's an H. You can't hear it. So we have enough hooked on phonics problems of with <laughs> Esther. You can only imagine what would help it, happen to a kid named Melchior. But it's a great anyways, like right. there is this Still whole a great name. and I, I don't wanna I who knows? like the, the truth is is who knows? And the truth is, is even I here treat them as characters, not just as historic figures. And so that we've given them names and we've added a camel or two, um, and we've made it three. Uh, none of that really changes the message here. It just makes these people more relatable in one way. Right. And what I did is just try to make them more relatable in another way, because I made up the details. I had, I have zero, I put an, in the written versions of this, I put an author's note. At the header of it, this is like, I have no idea what it's like to live in first century Persia. I'm making right. up all of these details of mm-hmm. the ink pots and the hill. Because, you know, maybe we it was a temple, know. maybe it was a hill. These, you know, these are the people that invented the ziggurat. Maybe it's a ziggurat. I don't know. I'm just making it up to give. Speaking of
1: other great words that need to make a comeback, the ziggurat. <laughs>
0: ziggurat, yes. Why do we right. call them reds when ziggurat is right there? Um, right. And so I, I, I have no idea. I made up all of those incidental details to just make this person feel like a fleshed- out human living in a fleshed-out world.
1: But to give a perspective yeah. of that emotion behind, what is it like to leave everything, to follow literally a celestial body yeah. that you have just discovered in the sky?
0: And to so leave that... all the
1: things that you know behind?
0: And I I did the other thing that I realize a lot of my... Because I've been writing, like, Christian drama and Bible-based... I've been writing it since college is when I, I started. And I realized that I did with this the same thing I've been doing my whole kind of writing career. Is I have this stock character and his name is Steve. And Steve... And and for a long time there was like a whole plot of Steve's life and I when I would come all the a lot of my dramas are like have been custom built for whatever the theme of the worship service is or whatever the pastor wanted, um, and so like Steve would I would fit Steve in and we would develop a new part of Steve's story. What's interesting is I realized I just now Steve is a magi, so my stock character Steve is the like is meant to be an everyman. And is meant to be the guy that starts out not getting it, and then Steve goes on a journey, <clears throat> uh, a faith journey to get it. And so Steve always starts as the like believer who just is not very good at this. Um, and then Steve, you then you get to see Steve go on a lesson because y- you know, I don't, I want fewer su- The Bible doesn't actually work in superheroes, and so I try not to write superheroes. Right. One of the things that's beautiful about scripture is a lot of you watch a lot of these people go on a journey. Paul doesn't start Mm -hmm. out a superhero. Moses doesn't. uh, Very relatable
1: characters because they're very human characters.
0: You know, they're like only a handful. Esther goes on a journey. Right. Like her uncle has to go, hey, if you don't do this, God's going to do this but you have this opportunity and then she does it, right? So a lot of our right. quote unquote heroes are actually people that we watch go on a faith journey with very few exceptions, right? It is the two Josephs, um, it's Mary, obviously Jesus, right? dot, 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 and end of list and close to end, right. end of list. Um, so anyways, Steve, I, what I realized is when I finished this and I'm reading it into the camera is, oh, I just wrote Steve again. This is, uh, oh, shoot, what is Steve? Steve ha- Furcall, Steve Furcall. I gave him a last name. He's a whole elaborate, um, you know, there was an arc from, like, 05 to 2011, where I was pro- writing multiple Steve's. St- I was playing Steve multiple times a year. And what I realized only in retrospect is that what I did is I wrote Steve again, because part of it is I I didn't, I, I think it's helpful when we externalize these processes that we watch them go on a journey right to me it's not that interesting if we get the magi that is just the really good magi and then he's stoked right that's just one and he just already
1: knows and he already anticipates and he already knows what to expect when he shows up in the house and follows the start. yeah that's not as exciting as the one that has gone on a journey that you wrote
0: and that it is, you know, I, I and partly, you know, you you want to work in some comedy, right? The like um, he thinks he's screwed up, and so he's going to like he's going to like set torch the, thing the and paper, fire. and
1: then yes, yeah, mm-hmm. he's going to burn to it to cover up his mistake.
0: <laughs> so all of this was I I wanted to add to the emotional weight that is already the emotional weight for these magi that is already a little. weirdly already in Matthew um whatever it is verse 10 or 11 that is like when they came when the star stopped and they came this, this rush of joy and they go in and they you know pay him homage and it's great um what yeah again how did they get here like what was it um with a kind of you know modern you know theatrical technique theatrical writing technique Like, how can we give them even more of an internal life, which was just not, which was just less of a thing in Greek writing.
1: It also, in my mind, de-aged the wise men, the magi, because you're used to seeing the picture of three old guys with crowns on their heads. Yeah, but they traveled a thousand
0: miles, more than a thousand miles in the first century. Probably not gray beards. So probably... That, I, I did that intentionally, Could too, be, but of, yes. like, there were the elders and then there were the volunteers. That's a total mm-hmm. supposition, but it's a supposition based on the fact that this is an incredibly, all travel in that time was, incredibly it was an incredibly difficult. arduous journey. Mm-hmm. This would have been across desert, you know, I'm kind of looking at the, you know, desert and mountain. Um, it would, and with expensive treasures yep. and the roads
1: were not safe. I mean, there were all sorts of perils along this journey that they took.
0: Right. And, you know, the the parable of the Good Samaritan of uh, highway jacking on the Jericho Road um, or whatever, it's just that is re- that's realistic. That was uh, just
1: very realistic. Uh, yeah. Same Could've road happened.
0: that Mary and Joseph go down. Right. Because Nazareth is a suburb of that. That's one of those like little details of that is the journey that Mary and Joseph go down from Nazareth to Bethlehem. We call it that, but not na- both Nazareth and Bethlehem are suburbs. Nazareth yep. is a suburb of Jericho and Bethlehem is a sub. These are not words that they have, but you know, they're right. Suburb well, of Jericho, big city, Nazareth, small city, Jerusalem, religious capital, Bethlehem, small city of David, five miles outside. Just of outside world, of. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Anyways, this was travel was difficult, dangerous, right? Travel is you know, have you know having having just you know traveled a, th- a thousand miles um, via car in the modern world in the past week and a half. I'll tell you, travel in the modern era is far from easy. Uh, but it you know it's a joke compared to what they had to go through. So I you know again we pick we always picture everyone is super gray, but that's an artistic thing from generations before that that portrayed their seriousness not their age right why is peter always portrayed as super old well he couldn't have been right his father at the opening of the story his father is living right right the sons of zebedee right like his father is living he's taken over the family business the family business is fishing and this is not like Old men sit on, you know, this is giant net, you know, nets, and, like, you're standing mostly naked in a boat, like, pulling in uh, giant nets full of fish. It's incredibly mm. physical. Uh, no one lived all that long uh, <laughs> in those days. And so, yeah, he, we give him a gray beard. He may not even have lived into old age. It's really difficult to know. The timeline of acts just gets real strange. Right. Um, you don't know how old these guys live to, but we give Pater a gray beard because he's serious, not because he's important, because he's a senior right. figure, not because he was actually Not old. because he's actually elderly, right. And so same with the wise guys is they, this is like a class of priests and we have no idea how old they are. We just imagine old because that's all the art. And so, and and maybe they're right. old guys, you know, I did not, I, I kind of put it, with our, our our one, you know, our Steve, the Magi Steve. Steve the Magi. I, 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 or center...
1: Melchior B. Caspar. Melchior B. Caspar.
0: The uh, character of Steve. In the character of Steve, it, I, I made him, you know, I, like, old enough, you know, have done this long enough to, you know, he, he's in his 30s, right? Like, long enough that right. he's you know, kind of burned out on it, but you know, not so old that he's like married and settled down, right? Like he has a, in you know, in a betrothed, in a you know, right. Uh, he also, you know, slept through a lot of. He, you know, he's old. He's young enough that he hasn't maybe not taken full responsibility for himself. Yeah. So you know, he's you know the twenties, thirties. Relatable. He's relatable. He's relatable. Um, but to get to give it that to also help us situate in some ways, although all the details are made up to make these people real. Right. Um, and then
1: to recognize ourselves in these people yeah. because these people are us because this is the Gentile introduction into what will become the Christianity movement. This is our introduction to Christ.
0: Yeah. And that's where the other so the pieces that don't come in the piece that do did come into the sermon come into play, right? So these are not just any Gentiles, right? So we are in Persia, a.k.a. the territory that was Babylon. So these are the people, these are representatives of the people who knocked down the temple last time. Yep. Right? These are representative of the people who inherit the empire that carried God's people into exile last time and as matthew's writing this down he knows the temple in jerusalem has been knocked down again by the romans and so this and his congregation we think again a lot of this is context clues but we think is a a mix of jewish christian and gentile christian but heavy on the jewish christian right so matthew as we've talked about before spends a lot of time pointing out the ways that the uh, Pharisees are hypocritical and spends more time with Jewish traditions and also spends more time thinking about persecution. Because yes. we think his people were being squeezed by socially and economically and politically by the local synagogue. By the Yeah. And so Matthew is. Part of why this is in Matthew. So why is the story about Jewish shepherds in Luke and the story about Gentile magi in Matthew when their audiences are flipped? Luke's is a much more Gentile audience. He's writing for the Paul movement. Uh, Matthew's is a much more Jewish audience. Why are these flipped? I think for Luke, the shepherds are there, as I've talked about before, like situated in very normal people, like not not the rich and powerful. Like Luke is, you know, part of why I love him is he's a little he focuses on the this is not a term that he would have, but the social justice, the like, um, you know, the Sermon on the Plain is blessed are the poor, not blessed are right. the poor at heart or poor in spirit. In the Sermon on it's just on the blessed are the poor. So I think that's where the sh- where the shepherds are. I think the to me in thinking through, like, what are the Magi do? Why does Matthew? report the magi why is that really important to Matthew I think it is to show his congregation uh, here even at the start that some of the folks that should be excited about this are going to disappoint you and the most surprising people possible are also going to surprise you by being stoked about this. The people who yeah. shouldn't, who there's no reason why Melchior B. Caspar should be stoked about the arrival of uh, of the king of the Jews. And yet here they are. They've trekked a thousand miles and kneel at the, f- and having this like, you know, huge religious experience. They're stoked. Right. Herod. Whereas
1: Herod, yeah. the people who should have had the excited reaction that should have gone to pay homage to, that should have, Brought gifts, too. And, yeah, so it,
0: it flips the flips the script there for you. For right, sure. and so I think... Ma- that is... Uh, textually, that's what's happening in the text, right? We get Herod, right. uh, you know, with his mob boss line. Let me know where the child is, and I will go and pay him homage. <laughs> sure. S- but yeah, okay. Sure yeah. you will. Uh, sure you will. <laughs> and so there's that part. And... On the flip side, it is the and, and I'll, you know, on the flip side, there is Melchiorb Caspar, and also you got to realize it's not just Herod, right? All of Jerusalem, uh, the it's not a p- positive emotional world, like right. Herod, Herod's freaked out, and all of Jerusalem with him. I right. I, I read that again. I, this is reading into the text, but I read that as a metonymy for the temple hierarchy, not the average citizen of Jerusalem. Right. But the like. The, the you know, the scribes come back with the prophetic lines. I think that one's the Malachi uh, prophecy, it doesn't matter. Um, I think that's the one piece of this is that it's in Malachi or Micah, one of the M's. Um, but none of them are stoked, and they should be, right? These are the most educated... These are the people who should be anticipating exactly this moment. Like this is, this is the thing that, the, right. you know, the it's not like they default. didn't
1: get to notice the star either. Like there's, there's yeah. things happening. Like word has spread. Shepherds have told you they should be excited now. And but they didn't.
0: instead, uh huh, they're not. And right. th- not only that, I mean, you know, you jump to one verse after this is not only is Herod gonna go pay him homage herod then kills a lot of people to try and get it jesus right to try to get rid of hearing indiscriminate herod is so freaked out by this he indiscriminately kills his own people yes to try and you know the death is herod thinks a rival is here that is divinely appointed and then kills a bunch of babies so that he can maybe ferret out and kill this rival is some game of thrones stuff right right awful awful and herod should be stoked and the temple hierarchy should be stoked and instead who's stoked is these magi these these astrologers these these people who don't even
1: practice that religion yes right
0: practitioners of a leaders of a different religion and uh-huh. representatives of the people who knocked over the temple the last time right like this is this is the huge shift that's happening this is flipping the script
1: for sure so I, I heard a great sermon one time about like this is where everything changes this is where obviously it's where Gentiles are included but this is where we should realize that nothing is going to be the same again Um. And something that when I was listening to that sermon, it was a long, long time ago, but it always stuck with me, um, was just one of those Epiphany Sunday things. They said, you know, okay, so the wise men went home by a different route, um, because they were warned in a dream, right? Not to go back and tell Herod. And so go home by a different route today. Like as you are leaving church today, drive a different way, go a different route than your normal route and recognize that we are to be different now, because of this, because of our inclusion into this story, right. we get to be different now. And so recognize that transformation by doing a physical thing differently today. Um, go home by a different route. And so every Epiphany Sunday, I've always gone home. I've always driven home by a different route That's or awesome. gone on an errand or done something different just to remember like the significance of the Magi, the significance of their participation in this story. Um, the fact that they are included now, the fact that we are included now, right, as Gentiles. Um, So that's always been a fun thing that's stuck in my brain with Epiphany. So now it can be stuck in your brain too. Yeah.
0: No, that's awesome. (laughs) It can
1: become your new Epiphany tradition. Drive home differently.
0: (laughs) Drive home differently because this, Mm -hmm. this, this is, you know, both Matthew and Luke do this in their own ways,
1: showing,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, they're writing with the end in mind. And Already we're seeing that this is a massive shift in the expected way by which God, the faith, all of this works. Like this is not, this is not how it is supposed to work, but this is quote unquote, right? Or how you would expect it to work. And so this is the big, you know, here in chapter two is the world told flipped completely upside down. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my, uh, you know, favorite sermon series. I, and I wrote my own version, but I, I did not originate this title. Um, that is the upside down kingdom. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this one specifically looks at, it's a later part of Matthew looks at, um, the sermon on the Mount, that it is this upside upside down kingdom. But even here, this is the upside down kingdom where, the, the theoretical keepers of the flame. I mean, if, if you really break down the, like, height of Second Temple theology, it is, you know, from what I understand it, like, God sits on the throne. That The whole thing right. is... And God sits on the throne in the temple, and therefore the keepers of the temple really are the, like, keepers of the Holy of Holies, friends. And here they utterly fail and yes. the people who knocked down the whole previous holy of holies are here and super stoked to be here
1: and responding appropriately to okay. the presence of God in the world
0: well and 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 so and this is where going back to why i wrote the piece the way i did is s- motivated even before they've seen the kid to do yeah. Um, uh, just a ridiculous journey, you know, from, well, you know, I'll quickly fact check myself. How far? I know you can't actually do this driving, Um, but let's see if I'm sitting at a computer. Bethlehem. To, can I do Bethlehem to Baghdad? Right? This is not. Right, right, um, right.
1: Not really the scale, but somewhere close in that area. We're not right. exactly We're not, sure, but get, you know,
0: don't get Babylon, Persia directions. Starting point, okay, Baghdad. It would help if I could spell Baghdad, Iraq. There we go. Um. Okay, yeah, it is. Um. Uh. Okay, so not a thousand miles, a thousand kilometers. Still, um. At a walking pace. That is walking pace with modern nutrition that is still a month and a half. Right. right? So, I, the community of Santiago, this is always my point of reference because, it's, you know, <laughs> Cause um, it's the brightest I mean, you
1: walked. Because I walked
0: it. <laughs> um, it, it you know, community of Santiago is 700, at least at the time, was 729 kilometers, and it took me 29 days of walking. Um, and I was, you know, a reasonably fit nineteen-year-old modern human in modern shoes, and some of that as you're walking, you're not, you're not walking through desert, um, so you can imagine like they have traveled. This was like a month of travel in, and I'm sleeping in like beds and had showers almost every night, and they have presumably none of that. Uh, so even if it's Baghdad, uh, which is Iraq and Iran. Um, cause if it's further into Persia, modern day, you know, right. Iran, Iraq. Um, so let's do, what if they're starting from Tehran, uh, Tehran province, Iran. Um, yeah. So that's again, like a thousand, all of those are like a thousand kilometers,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: to put it in perspective. Okay. So not, I'll correct myself. Absolute. Not a thousand miles. It's, it is long, arduous, and they dangerous dangerous may not
1: come back yes all of the things
0: they do that you know it's a journey out of the unknown they don't really know what they're gonna see they just know they seem to know two things they clearly know the star is risen and they seem to know some scale of what it means and herod won't even go knows it's supposed to be bethlehem right so the herodian uh, which is herod's palace Um, is just north of Bethlehem. It's also outside the walls of... He might have been inside the walls of Jerusalem or at the Herodian just outside.
1: But barely five miles, right?
0: He's He's there. He's a couple hours walk. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he could have been walking on a sedan chair or whatever. Uh, (laughs) He's a couple of hours walk. And he won't even make that journey himself.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Meanwhile... Here come the Magi. Here come the Magi. Or the scribes who have been asked, yes. where is the child? And they're like, uh, sir, obviously it is in Bethlehem. Right over uh, there. As uh, right over there.
1: Right, in our backyard. In our just, backyard. Just over there a couple of miles, yeah.
0: They don't go either. They didn't go. Instead, it is these magi going somewhere around 1,000 kilometers. Uh, again, it is uh, uh, quite literally like a modern day 11 hour drive uh, again, through Iraq and Iran. It's, it's, it's a rough drive. Um, it would also be dangerous to make that journey today. Today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, I deeply, I, I deeply appreciate this story. Um, because of its inclusion of us, but also it shows the like ups and downs of all people. And, and like, this is, I, I don't want to couch this too much, you know, in like Jews versus Christians, this is not, a, certainly from a biblical perspective, this is not a really helpful mindset. The good guys are Jews too. Other than the Magi and in, in in a handful of Romans, most of the good folks in the New Testament are all Jews. So this is right. not like, this is a story of some people of specifically get it, get
1: it. the hierarchy of those. Right, and, right. And so it's the temple I, I, hierarchy.
0: It's I, I, the I, I, I leaders of the... Been... Like, there's a lot of really dangerous roads this can take you down, and this is not where I want to go, but it is a reminder for all of us across time that, you know, people will surprise you in both ways. The yes. people who you don't think will get it just might. And the people who you think should get it, just might not. Just might not get it. (laughs) If you have any feedback for the show um, or to email us a story of your own, email us at thegoodnessofgodpod at gmail.com. That is thegoodnessofgodpod at gmail.com. We would love to read what you have to say on air. If you are looking for us other places, you can find us at ServantsNow on all of the things. That's our website, ServantsNow.org. TikTok, at ServantsNow. Instagram, at ServantsNow. YouTube.com, ServantsNow. Facebook.com, ServantsNow. Everything we do here is made possible by a generous innovators grant for the Texas Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. If you would like to support our work, um, like, comment, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It actually helps. And also, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And we'll see you next time.